hello and welcome to Ditching Hourly. I'm Jonathan Stark. Today I am joined by Janet Kafadar, who is going to share with us sort of a success story that she had this year while switching away from uh, trading time for money and working with, I guess, I don't know, I don't want to take too much credit for this, <laughs> but working with a proposal template that she got from my mailing list that you know, got her 2018 off to a great start. So I'm hoping this will be an inspiring story. Cool. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Yes. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So could you start off by letting people know a little bit of context about who you are and what you do for a living? Yes. Yeah. So um, I am an e-learning consultant, an online course developer, and I help my clients create and set up online courses. So I help them with the uh, course content side of things, um, structuring that, helping them kind of unpack the idea and put it into a way that someone can actually learn. And then also with the development of uh, the tech side of things, you know, setting that all up and the implementation. Most of the time, my clients just don't, well, they come to me because they don't want to do that stuff and they just don't want to learn it. So they come to me to do all their hands-on work and behind the scenes, making it all come together. So that's what I do. Cool. Makes perfect sense. And you mentioned uh, in our previous conversation, you mentioned that you stopped billing hourly, hourly about three years ago. And so mm. what that tells me is you started out billing hourly and then for some reason changed your mind about that. How did that go? Can you walk us through? Yeah. So what happened at the very beginning is um, I, I, I did it. I started working hourly and I offered um, 60 to 90 minute sessions. They're mostly just strategy sessions with people to kind of help them figure out what they need to do with their course. So they either fell into two categories, either that they wanted to figure out what tools would work best for them or they wanted to figure out, you know, where do I start with the content or what type, what idea should I go with? This is my business. What I should what should I do? And what I found was as much as it was really good and I had great success with it, I just it, it was too hard. People kept coming back to me for further questions and I wasn't really able to help them get much further. I just didn't there was they were never getting to an outcome. You know, they, they were getting the advice and the, getting their questions answered and getting an opportunity to pick my brain. But they weren't really getting to where they needed to. And I found that, you know, even when I reached back out to people probably like a year later, I'm like, hey, how's it going? How's the course coming along that we talked about, you know, 12 months ago? They're like, oh, yeah, haven't done anything with that. Mm. And I just thought, oh, that's not. And for me as a person, you know, I'm a real doer. It just didn't work <laughs> for me. Like I just wanted to get in there and just fix it. Like, <laughs> let's just get it done. Um, so um, I found that, it, that and that side it just didn't work and also I I had to keep I had to once I had to plan out you know how many clients I would need in a day at the time I think I was just hurting oh I think it was $97 I started out initially for that one hour and then I start, started to increase it and I think it went up to 297 for a 90-minute call but even then I thought, man, this is rough. Like, <laughs> what? What? I can't. I can't live like this. Um, so yes, yeah, so I really had to kind of change it all up and and um, kind of repackage my services. And so from there, it went on to um, kind of having a bit more like of a coaching or mentoring package where I'd help people through the process. I wasn't necessarily doing it for them. But, um, I, you know, I was working alongside them to do it. And that didn't work either because 
they were still getting stuck. They were still getting to a point where they're like, I just can't do this. Like it's just too hard or work would come in or they'll get really busy with their clients and all of that stuff. So, and then, so from there, I just transitioned it to, okay, I'm going to help you with the strategy. This is what you need. This is what you need to do. I'm going to do everything for you. (laughs) That's it. And that's now what it is. So it's kind of gone on a bit of an evolution. And I'm really pleased that I did do that hourly stuff because it meant that I got a really good understanding of my clients and customers' needs. Like I know them inside out. They can't tell me something that I haven't heard before. So it's been fantastic. It was fantastic, but definitely just not sustainable at all. That hourly structure. Yes. Yes. So that's cool. So you, you evolved, not just the way that you build for your services and your products, but you kind of evolved what they were. So your offerings, uh, your expertise, you packaged up into different types of offerings that over time kind of evolved to fit the actual needs of your actual clients instead of, you know, people who sometimes just imagine, oh, I'm going to create this, I'm going to create this service or worse, I'm going to create this book or this course that's going to take me a long time. You probably deal with this with your clients. You create like a, a big course that takes all this time and money and effort to put together and without having done any kind of actual, I don't want to say market research, but, you know, having conversations with people who might buy this kind of thing and finding out if you're even going in the right direction and creating something that might be of interest to people. You, you kind of got that in, you know, in a real world way and modified things on the fly to suit the actual need and come up with a way that, well, how do you price the, how do you price this sort of engagements that you do now? Just a flat fee or does it depend on something? Yeah. So it's now it's just a flat fee. So depending, so people either come to me with, for one or the other, or sometimes they come to me for both. So it's kind of three different packages that I have. So they either come to me because they want help with the structuring of that course content. You know, they want help with the lessons and what the outcomes are going to be, or they need help with the worksheets or anything like that. Then that's one package all by itself. Then on the other hand, there are some, some of my clients who have all of that stuff all ready to go, but they don't know what to do with the tools and systems and onboarding of the students and all of that stuff so then I take care of that but then there's also another package where it takes into you know into account those two components two main um components so so that's how it looks and it's just a flat um flat fee that they pay um and so they can either you know pay normally they pay half at the beginning and then the other half in like 30 or 45 days and that's it really simple and like because I've been doing it so long I know how long things will take I know when I can potentially bring on maybe just another contractor or something like that to help with a few other things um uh, but it's uh, especially if it's a system that I'm not 100% sure on or at all um but pretty much it's it it's just remained even (laughs) and makes life so much easier and um less stressful for sure I think last year was quite a tough year for me because I I suffered from burnout and um as much as I was doing what I am today I wasn't charging enough and that just got me to a point of I was truly sick of what I was doing right and I was just I was just over it I was like I can't 
do another course and then I think I stumbled upon your podcast listening to it and um and it kind of gave me that boost to like just up your rates what are you doing (laughs) like hello and um yeah it was a real wake-up call and I thought oh my god of course (laughs) that's why I'm so like over what I'm doing because I'm not charging enough um so yeah it was great it was a real good wake up call for me for sure yeah that's uh, I mean I am that's incredibly gratifying because it sounds like you were all you already had a lot of things in place that are the kind of things that I have to work with people to get in place out of the gate you know like they're, mm. they already don't have a product they already think of themselves as a as a an all-purpose tool that can solve any problem and yeah. you know I suppose that I suppose that is a little bit because I normally am talking to software developers and they see themselves as like, you know, I can, I can help anybody. Everybody needs better systems or whatever it might be. So it's great that you already had a sort of packaged up product. You could call it a productized service and, and it was already fixed price. And then you were like, wow, I'm, I'm operating. Essentially I would, the way that I would phrase what you just told me is that you were operating at cost. So you were yes. just covering your costs, emotional and literal. Uh, yep. And that, what does that do? That leads to burnout. So if you, if you, sometimes it's as simple as just you know, raising your rates. I mean, it, it's like you're automatically, cause the fear is, well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. What, why wouldn't you have raised your rates or why didn't you raise your rates earlier? Um, it's funny because I didn't raise them because I thought, oh, it will be too high. It'll be too high. And, um, and I resisted. I resisted for a whole, uh, probably about six months. And then the last three months of last year, I didn't take on any clients. I didn't do anything. I literally just like took a sabbatical from my business and worked with one um, consulting client locally here, which is good. It's kind of like it was a bit of a cleansing palette. But um, the reason that I didn't raise them, I just thought, oh, God, no one's going to pay that. But I really had to reassess what it meant for me and my family. So I'm the main breadwinner in my family. So um, my husband looks after the kids and I and I work. And so and I thought, well, what does it mean for me and my family if I were to charge a higher rate? So it'd mean that I, I'm not as stressed and I'm working with clients that really get it like they really understand what this whole process is about and why they want to create a course or or e-learning platform for for their students or learners so once I did that kind of came at it from that perspective it was a little bit easier for me to digest but I will say when I did write the proposal to this new client and I put the price in there I sent the email I was physically sick like I just I, I was, I was so sick. <laughs> I just had to run to the bathroom and I felt terrible. I, I don't know. I don't know why. And then he came back with an hour later. He's like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's go for it. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. Like it, it wasn't easy. Like it was really tough. I know. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that's okay. That, that is literally the most extreme version of this I've heard, but I, I do know that that I've heard many people tell me the story of their finger hovering over the send button and just not being able to click it. Mm. And it's, it's wild to me because what's the fear, the worst possible thing 
that could happen was that is that they would say no. And yeah, and it's it's clear to me that that is a terror inducing moment for people that they haven't done perhaps everything they could to land this this gig. And since you had gone through a phase where you were really disillusioned with what you were doing, it was kind of like mm. the lesser of two pains. But yep. generally, if people aren't hitting rock bottom first, and I wish fewer people would have to do that before they realize that everybody in the equation, you and your clients are entitled to a profit from the engagement. And Exactly. You, yeah. So if you're operating at cost all the time, which is, which is essentially what hourly billing is, you are always operating at cost. There's mm-hmm. no way to make a profit. So. Right. Or a respectable profit anyway. I mean, you're talking about razor thin margins because you're pricing your time instead of pricing the value to the client. So yeah. it's just impossible to make any kind of significant margin there. It's a, it's a trap. So what you were doing at least were doing fixed bids, but then you, uh, clearly you were you were basing those prices a little bit too close to time and materials for you. And you know, and the idea of of increasing your prices and, and maybe losing that, maybe he's going to say no, or she's going to say no, or I'm going to lose this. And if I lose this, maybe that means I'm never going to get another client and I'm going to, no one's going to love me and I'm going to go to my grave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the pressure is unbelievable. It is. It's, um, it's funny because just before you know, I was sitting in the office typing it out and I'd had the email and the proposal all done. I sat on it for 24 hours before I actually said press send. So then I uh, said to my husband, you know, this is the new client, you know, it's in Canada, but I was explaining it to him. I was like, oh, you know, this could be great. And what about if he says no? And he's like, so what? <laughs> that was, he, he doesn't understand, you know, too much about what I do. He's a chef. So it, it, he's like, doesn't understand kind of what I do too much. But it's great and refreshing because he just offers like a, fresh perspective and it was just like so what if he says no and I'm like yeah yeah but it's so but it's so yeah it's so obvious when you say it like that but i know how real it is and mm-hmm. so okay so a couple of a couple of things that people can do to to really i think the main thing that people can do to get used to that fear is to send more proposals and and to send more proposals means getting more leads and getting more leads means sending a clearer message to your, to the world, to your audience, to the people that you are, you know, meant to serve the people you're trying to help the specific kind of people you're trying to help, whether it's a, a, a particular vertical industry, whether it's a particular demographic type of person, you know, like soccer moms or whether it's a, a particular psychographic like people who believe in in mission-driven businesses whatever whoever it is that you want to help you know once you figure that out and you can send that clear message you're going to attract more it's going to attract people to you Uh, even if you're doing outreach you know even if you're being a little bit proactive about it it's still it's going to attract people to you it's going to it's going to create trust and you're going to have more leads coming in you're going to be having more conversations and this sort of winner take all, you know, like tightrope walk, it feels like it feels like, a, you know, walking on a ledge or something when you're tr- about to click that send button, I think has a lot to do with the fact that in general, people don't have a lot of opportunities to send proposals. They should probably have more opportunities to send proposals. Like if you're only sending one proposal every two months, that's very scary because if you blow one of those, you got two more months to go before you're probably going to have another chance. Uh-huh. So 
if you can, if you are, dear listener, if you're experiencing this fear, one of the things you can do is to just get, do what you can to, you know, it's a lot of work, everything I just said, you know, like picking a target market and having a clear message for them and attracting more people and having more conversations. But imagine that, you know, next time your finger's hovering over that send button and you can't bring yourself to do it. Imagine if that was the third proposal you were getting ready to send that day instead of the first one this quarter. And it would be, I think you can imagine that you would, uh, it would feel less life or death. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. I was quite fortunate, probably up until now, that um, I've had a lot of referrals and a lot of people have known me or it's um, like, hey, you should speak to Janet about this. Uh, she'll be able to help. So I've never, re- uh, up until, uh, actually, probably only up until this proposal that I sent out, this is the real one that, I'd really sat down to properly map it out and make sure it's really strong because this guy didn't know me from Adam. So he didn't have, well, he'd heard me on someone else's show, but um, he didn't know me too much. So I wanted to do it properly, make a good impression, even though we'd had a great conversation on the phone. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so that was really my uh you know, biggest <laughs> biggest lesson but one of the things that you just said there and is which is something that I am considering doing more of as I feel a lot better <laughs> about where I'm heading this uh this year is really focusing in on one specific t- um you know group of people or industry or something like that and really just positioning myself for them so that I don't, so that I do eventually end up sending more proposals to people and um, getting on the phone with more people and get those more consistent leads coming in. I have no problem with outreach, so that's all good. But that's one thing I will be focusing more on this year um, because up until now I have, even though I, course creation and e-learning is very specific, I still serve quite a broad range of different clients, which makes it hard for, um, you know, speaking directly to a specific type of person to obviously get that consistency in mm. and not achieve burnout. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> as well. Well, so, okay. So we're, we're getting uh, pretty close to the end of our time together. Is there anything specific you could say to people who are listening or maybe experiencing that same sort of physical nausea over just increasing their prices? Yeah, get rid of hourly. Like, honestly, it's not... Actually, I wouldn't say get rid of hourly. If you are doing hourly, that's fine. But have a plan in place to make sure that you're not going to do it for a long time. If you're gonna, if you're just starting out with your consulting business or as a specialist or developer or whatever, then say that you're going to do it for a certain amount of time so that you do get an idea, a really good idea of your ideal clients, what they need, etc. But then maybe cut it off after like three months or so and keep like okay right let me reassess let me look at how it's working and what I can do to better serve um my potential clients and repackage that where I've got to now with my offering my clients didn't explicitly say to me I want this done for me so I had to really think about their needs and what they are trying to achieve and what it means for their business and the outcome they're trying to achieve. That's when I said, 
I'm going to offer, this is a done for you service. You know, we will do it for you. And then that was just like, oh my God, you know, know, (laughs) angels falling from the sky. You know, they're like, thank God (laughs) someone is going to take this off my hands. So it's not you, for a dear listener, it's not explicit. They won't explicitly say, this is what I want sometimes, but you need to be as the consultant or the, you know, the person, the specialist here, this is what will better better serve you. And this is the package and offering that I am, I've put together for you. And they will like literally kiss you through the phone. They'll love it. (laughs) (laughs) Good visual. I could not have said it better myself. So Janet, thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing that very personal story with everyone. I hope it inspires people and gives them uh, hope and direction. Where can they find out more about you online? Yeah, uh, you can find me over at JanetCaffadar.com. And you can also find me, uh, you can email me if you want to, Janet at JanetCaffadar.com. Or you can find me on my YouTube channel. I post uh, videos up there and tutorials and reviews and stuff all about course creation. So, yeah, you can find me there. Very good. Well, folks, if you want to get a copy of that proposal template that Janet used to increase her prices, you can find that at expensiveproblem.com slash five. That's the number five. All right, that's it for today. Thanks very much for joining us and we'll talk to you next time. See you, Janet. See ya. If you'd like to learn more about how to ditch hourly billing, please go to valuepricingbootcamp.com to sign up for my free email course. Again, that URL is valuepricingbootcamp.com. Thanks. Hey, Jonathan again. Do you have questions about how to improve your business? Things like value pricing your work instead of billing for your time, or positioning yourself as the go-to person in your space, or maybe productizing your services so you never have to have another awkward sales call or spend hours writing another custom proposal. Book a one-on-one coaching call with me and get answers to these questions and others in the time it takes you to get ready for work in the morning. Best of all, you're covered by my 100% satisfaction guarantee. If at the end of the call, you don't feel like it was worth it, just say the word and I'll refund your purchase in full. To book your one-on-one coaching call, go to jonathanstark.com call, C-A-L-L. That URL again is jonathanstark.com call. Hope to see you there.